Hello, and welcome to a special Glass Tire podcast. I'm Brandon Zek. I didn't really start exploring Houston until I was in college. One of the things I wasn't prepared for was the abundance of visual experiences available by simply driving down one of the city's streets. I mean, really, pick a street. Almeida, Montrose, Studemont, Studewood. Houston has this affinity for giving one road multiple names. Shepard, Dowling. Each of these thoroughfares has a unique visual culture. From bandit signs to how the businesses present themselves, it's all about marketability and clientele. One of the hallmarks of these experiences, wherever you go in the city, is signage. Whether they're permitted or not, signs dominate the landscape, advertising much more than garage sales. You'll see people wanting to buy your flood-damaged house, people wanting you to use their cell phone company, people advertising cheap and fast internet. Most of these signs are machine-made. They're printed en masse, on gator board, and haphazardly stuck into the ground at intersections. This story isn't about those signs. Instead, I'm going to be focusing on one particular sign that, for some people, including myself, has become ubiquitous to the Houston landscape. When I'm driving around, I can't not see these signs. They're truly everywhere. And instead of me telling you what they say, I'll leave that to some of the people I talk to for this story. Fix oven, AC, refrigerator, washer, dryer, water heater, Dishwasher, garbage disposal. 281-726-83-81. Some of the individuals I talked to had conscientiously seen these signs around Houston before. Others, like Catherine Hall, the curator at the Houston Center for Contemporary Craft, didn't know what I was coming in to talk to them about. I brought pictures of the signs with me, and I showed her. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are the things that I feel like you see um, put on, like, a telephone pole on a street corner. Or, oh, in fact, you do have a photo of that right here. Um, Though, I think they're great. What you're showing me um, right now specifically, one thing that I really love about it is (laughs) everything is all in caps, and they've maximized the space. Um, I mean, every letter is like right up to the edge on every line. Um, and no, I, I, I've definitely seen these around town and um, the handwriting, it's legible, but it definitely, I mean, you start picking out letters and there's a really slanted A and there's an H that doesn't completely connect. Um, and so it is like very specific to this individual um, in terms of, you know, they're not working with these, you know, techniques that have been necessarily passed down to them through the sign painting trade. It's, it's more kind of, hey, I'm just going to go for this and uh, I got to make this legible. I want it on a white background with, you know, red writing, which is going to be eye, um, you know, eye grabbing, attention grabbing. Um, so I love it. The signs themselves are striking. They're in a square or rectangular format and have a stylized way of writing about them that looks somehow both rushed and intricately planned at the same time. 
Most of them are comprised of rich red text on a white background and are no bigger than 18 by 24 inches. The way they're formatted is an art itself. Here's Amanda Thomas, the in-house graphic designer for the Contemporary Art Museum Houston, talking about the signs. This was her first time seeing them as well. Um, well, I mean, I'm sort of reading it from a topography. I typeset all day long, so it's fully justified type from the top of the sign to the bottom of the sign. Each sign typically has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven lines of, well, this isn't type, this is lettering. So it's hand painted, so it's lettering. There's a, there's a slight difference between the two. Well, more than a slight difference. Um, and then they're fully justified from the left of the sign to the right of the sign, meaning that there is no space in between um, the words. There are little dots indicating that there's a, the words don't run together, there's a dot in between them, so indicating it's a new, different word. Um, so these signs are jammed, packed, um, and interestingly, there is no color variation. I also brought the signs to Tierney Malone, a visual artist living and working in Houston. I wanted to talk to him because his work draws from the visual language of sign painting. Right away, when I took out photos of the signs, he was drawn to the unique lettering used by the creator of the sign. Uh, what I find interesting is the G. The G's kind of look like uh, sixes, you know, because there's no curve. They're, they're very blocked like a E, almost as if like maybe they had spelled the word wrong and then had to come back and correct the letter. Like maybe they had put an E there, but they all oh, snapped as a G. But then, you, you know, as I look at the, the uh, other signs, because there's multiple signs, they kind of have a, a thing with making the G look like sixes. And then the C's um, are kind of like half moons. They go off. So, so there does seem to be a um, bent towards uh, a style in these. Because at first glance, I, I would have assumed that all these were the same sign. The first experience I ever had with the fix of an AC signs had to have been in 2013 or 2014 when I visited the Spring, Summer, and Silver Street studio complex in Houston. As I was parking my car along the side of the road, I looked up at a telephone pole and high above my head found a striking red-on-white sign advertising a number of repair services. The more I looked, the more familiar the sign seemed, and I realized I must have seen others while I was driving through the city. I logged it in my mind, thought nothing of it. I had no reason to talk to anyone about the sign and no reason to believe anyone else had a sort of interest in them. As the years went on, I began meeting more people who shared an acute appreciation of visual culture. As I got to know them better, I learned that they too had an affinity for the signs. Here's Bill Davenport, a longtime Houston artist, talking about his experiences with the fix of an AC signs. Like many things I'm interested in, you, I would just get curious about them. It's like, where did they come from? Is this serious? I mean, I assume that they were serious and there was a business, but then they were, they're very widespread. They're like all over the city and this is a widespread city. Um, and they've persisted for many, many, many years. So I, I had assumed it was the work of one person. You know, there's like a huge tradition of sort of folk art hand-painted signage in Houston. And it usually small businesses, uh, you know, and it's cheaper. It's like, you know, why pay to have these signs printed when you could just paint one? And um, I think 
I, yeah, and that's what I, that's where I assumed it was coming from. The quality that's 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 rare is like this idea of just marketing it so directly. It's like, yeah, I'll just paint my own bandit sign and put it up. I mean, that's very Houston. I mean, I guess that's also another other reason I think I like them is because that that was Houston, or it is still is Houston. It's like, hey, you know, I'll just put up a sign like at some random location for my business, and why the hell not? I also spoke to Jamal Cyrus, a native Houstonian and artist who often incorporates sign painting and sign painters into his work. So I'm sure I, I started seeing them before like 2013, like five years ago, but I think like they really got on my radar as something I wanted to, you know, to, 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 to learn more about or to use in my own work like, um, like around, yeah, 2014. 2013, somewhere around there. Um, and I just, you know, would see them kind of as we had talked about, like in the tree, on telephone pole, and I would see them in a bunch of different places and in, in, in unexpected places, right? <laughs> places like that are actually really kind of hard to, to view, you know, I mean, because of, yeah, so they would, they would be popping up and, and, um, and on my side of town, like, so I'm, I'm in the Hiram Clark area, kind of 288, Almeda 288 area. So I guess that's like South, kind of South, South Houston, uh, Central South Houston. And, and that's where I was, I was seeing them. I think like this whole kind of area of, of painting or art production is, is, to me is really, really interesting because, um, you know, the, and I guess this is of course with graphic designers, but you know, those, a lot of those people go through programs and you know, um, but like the, the thing of the legibility in all of those, like audience, all of those things kind of really influencing design and like the moves the artist would make. Um, I think that's really interesting when it's people who are developing their own, like who are self-taught, you know, because what they end up with, I, I feel a lot of times it's more, um, it's just more unique. I also talked to Jay Waynard, a writer about and collector of folk and self-taught art. He noted that although the signs themselves have a legibility and a purposefulness to them, Neither he nor anyone he knew had interacted with the signs to fulfill their intended purpose. Yes, it's very utilitarian and functional. Though I don't know anyone who has ever responded with fulfilling whatever need they might have for oven, AC, or washer repair by using those signs. <laughs> and it makes me, and of course, then that makes me wonder has anybody? ever had a washer or an AC problem and thought, well, there's that sign that's way up there on that pole, which they often invariably are very high up, and thought, oh, that's the person we need to fix our washer. So all of that is, is you know, really amusing and intriguing about something as simple and proletariat as a washer AC refrigerator repair sign. Of course, the fact that these signs have been a part of the Houston landscape for so long means that they must be working. Someone must be calling to fulfill their repair needs. 
And if that is indeed the case, the more I thought about these signs, the more striking they were in their simplicity. In an age where digital printing is cheap and this person could get mass-produced signs to advertise their services, they aren't. Also, though, in a world abundant with online reach and digital marketing, there's no way to know if this person is active on the internet. There's never a website, never an email, only a phone number. This means that there's a lack of Google-ability to the signs. I wanted to know if anyone before me had expressed an interest in these signs, so I tried, to no avail, searching for them on the internet. The problem is that all of the keywords I used returned information about the services I was searching for and nothing about these signs. On a whim, I searched for the hashtag FixOvenAC on Instagram and came across a post about the signs by Houston architect Michael Morrow. I called him up, and he told me that after seeing these signs around Houston for years, he came to a point where he actually needed to get something repaired. Yeah, I went over there one time because my dishwasher was broken, and I thought, well, shit, I know exactly where to go to get my dishwasher fixed. You know, I've been admiring this guy's signs forever, so... I'd like to patronize him. Um, and did he fix your dishwasher? And, over and he said he said it wasn't worth it, but I just buy a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're a, a semi-satisfied customer. Uh, yeah, I, guess I mean, at least he's a straight shooter. But I just thought, you know, this is I I would love to like uh, utilize you know small business and and support this guy who's who's sort of. Uh, Ursula graphic design I appreciate and uh, he just told me just go buy a new one (laughs) (laughs) the people I talked to had different reasons for calling or choosing not to call the numbers on the signs something that came up in multiple conversations was the personalness of talking to someone on the phone nowadays there's an averseness to picking up the phone and calling with email and text messages we're used to mediated interactions these signs subvert that Again, here's Catherine Hall. It's available for you to take that next step, but but then you're having to engage in a more personal encounter than just sending a text message or an email. It's like it's a much bigger deal to make a phone call these days, which I think is very telling and disturbing at times, you know. I think another, more nuanced reason some of the people I talk to have to think about whether or not to call the number is because they have a complex relationship with the signs, and consequently, with the person who makes them. Some of the people I talk to for this story have taken the signs down and collected them over the years. This fits in with the no-rules urban landscape of Houston and with the concept of bandit signs, which the city does actively regulate and remove. But at the same time, the signs do serve a very singular purpose for their creator. Everyone has their own unique way of grappling with this issue. Here's Bill. I'm coming clean. I have probably collected maybe five or six of these over the years. And, um, you know, and it's like, I assume it's the guy's livelihood, so I felt bad. And it's like, even though they're banded signs, I, I felt, so I did make one once. To, I put it back, because I, I still wanted his sign, because it was cool. But, you know, I figured I could, you know, keep the advertising coverage intact by putting up another one. Mine was not as good and probably was not attached as well, so. But, and I also wanted to try my hand at it, you know, at, at doing it, because it was a cool style. I, yeah, I've dealt with a little guilt for picking them up, but, you know. Now I'm feeling better, I'm sharing it with many other people, I guess. Jamal, on the other hand, came at taking one of the signs down from a more preservationist standpoint, 
as someone who documents the ever-disappearing art of sign painting and hand lettering. Well, I was at that time seeing them quite a bit, so I didn't feel that terrible about it. Um, I do know maybe I, I lessened some of his, you know, business, I guess I could have, but at the same time, like, I, I, I don't, I want to, uh, to preserve, you know, what he made at the same time. So I think there's like, yeah, I might have cost him a little bit of business, but for him uh, as an artist, I think, hopefully I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, keeping his, that legacy up or like, you know, in, you know, 20, 30 years, if somebody wants to do a show, you know, once they see your, 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 your piece or hear your podcast, like that, that could be there for them. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's how I'm, why I felt okay about it. <laughs> yeah, that's my self-justification. But like, um, but yeah, but also like I have, I've been, whenever I see a good sign um, and it's a place where it's no longer being used, I usually try to, try to take it, you know, if I can, yeah. So maybe I was just doing it by habit too and I was like, I didn't, didn't care. But, but I do, yeah, I, I do see it in terms of trying to preserve his artistic legacy. And Jay, although he hasn't taken one of the fix of an AC signs himself, has a sort of rules of the road when picking up handmade signs that's more or less the same as Jamal's. All these issues do, do come up with picking uh, particularly signage. And those, those issues I know in the past when I've acquired signs of my own from out there in the world, I've tried to make a real effort to determine if whatever the sign is about is defunct, whether it's a sign off of an abandoned store, for instance, or uh, a church that's no longer in operation. So this, this idea of these signs is still being part of one's active business. That's real. Yeah. Which could be another small, uh, compelling reason to find out if it's so. So I decided to call the number on the signs. Bueno. Hello, is this the repair person that makes the fix oven AC? Ah, uh, yes, yes I do. Carlos is the man behind the fix oven AC signs. He began producing them to advertise his services around Houston after some not-so-successful attempts with the newspaper ads and flyers. I started to uh, work myself from 2005. The first time I tried with the newspaper, I paid maybe one year, but I see don't call nothing. Maybe I got one or two customers in all the year from the uh, newspaper. So I cut that way, and then I put flyers and cars. I spent maybe twenty thousand uh, uh, cards, uh, business cards, and I put in the neighbors. Man, sometimes calls, sometimes not. And so I don't see regular calls with the cars. So I I stop to make cars. Yeah, I I, I have cars just for to give my customers, but I I'm not going to put no more in the houses because they take up uh, and and they put in the trash. I put uh, one sign, I don't put money because uh, I pick up the wood in the street. If I see a piece of wood uh, can, it's, can use it, I pick it up and then I paint it and then make up the letters. It takes a little time, but 
I don't put any money, so uh, all the, the material is in the street. I pick up uh, paint in the street too, yeah. A lot of people, they throw away buckets, some paints, sometimes little paints, but anyway, I pick it up when I, when I got see uh, one bucket, one can, I pick it up because uh, all kind of paint I, I'm going to use. <laughs> For Carlos, the signs are the best kind of advertising. Free. Or materially free. Although you just heard him say he uses found materials to create his fix of an AC signs, they still take time to make. He normally paints them whenever he needs more business. Yeah, when I'm not working, I'm doing some, yeah. Uh, last week, uh, I didn't got any calls, so I did uh, maybe six or more. Because it takes a lot of time to do that. To do five or six, it takes uh, two or three days to get ready. Because I have to pick it up wood in the street, paint, uh, nails, and uh, I need to paint uh, the, the wood and leave it dry, and then I paint it again and again. <laughs> yeah. To keep, uh, make a good, uh, I try to give a long life with a pain. Now, Carlos works for himself. He doesn't have a traditional 9-to-5, so these signs and return customers are the main way he gets his business. He's worked various jobs throughout his life and has learned to repair things simply by doing them. He's an advocate that experience is the best teacher. And I'm sure this is no surprise, but he doesn't just do what's on his signs. I like uh, I like the people can see uh, uh, the letters and clear and read whatever I put over there because I need to let them know what I do, what I fix, the principal things what I do. Because I do refrigerators and washing and dryer and AC, but um, some people ask me to uh, replace any vents, I do that. Replace some uh, switches, I do that. Replace the uh, sockets, I do that. Uh, I replace the clogs, and so I can do that. And garbage disposal, that fix uh, water heaters, and uh, making installation too, but uh, that's extra. Anything is fixable. If I, uh, if I find a place to buy the parts, and uh, uh, find the right part, I can fix anything. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you might be expecting some sort of twist ending where I say Carlos is actually a conceptual artist who's been creating his signs as a larger public art piece over the past 10 years. If you are indeed expecting that, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but there's no surprise at the end of the story. When I set out to find out about Carlos's signs... I didn't expect there to be some sort of fantastical narrative behind them. We have a tendency towards mythologizing people, building them up in our heads, but most of the time the individuals we do this to are just normal people trying to live their lives. We grab onto one characteristic about them, in this case Carlos's signs, and make it mean more than it really does. Also, there's another issue to this story. There is a remarkable ephemerality about the signs, so I fully understand the desire to collect and preserve them. I have to admit that my hands aren't clean in this whole endeavor. Years ago, I got one of the signs from Bill Davenport because I wanted to preserve it. The fix of an AC signs have a shelf life. If Carlos ever retires, becomes unable to work, or passes away, the remaining signs will slowly decay and become a thing of the past. They're dependent on his business, which is also why we need to leave them be. As long as the signs exist in the world, they serve a function, and the function is Carlos's livelihood. If you're unsure if the signs are still active or not, there's one simple way to resolve that issue. 
There's a phone number connected to them. You can find out. It's accessible to you. Those of us who appreciate the signs for more than they are come from a world where we value visual things. If we want a painting by an artist, we call them up and talk with them. We don't take it off the wall. That painting is part of their livelihood, and we respect that. I see a kinship to that way of thinking when I look at Carlos's signs. When Carlos isn't fixing appliances, he's making these. They're part of his business, they're part of what he does. And if we truly value work like we say we do, we should respect these as a part of his work. These signs, after all, are a facet of his job, even when they wind up in a public realm. So if you want to get one of his signs, don't take it off a tree or a telephone pole. You know exactly where to go. He told me that he has had people approach him before. Hunt the signs only with your camera, not with prying hands. After all, Carlos did say he could fix anything. I'm sure he can fix your desire for a sign. And more importantly, if you ever need your oven, AC, refrigerator, washer, dryer, water heater, dishwasher, or garbage disposal repaired, you know who to call. Thanks to everyone who talked to me for and about this story. If you'd like to see a picture of Carlos's signs, you can visit glasstire.com slash fixovenac. That's G-L-A-S-S-T-I-R-E dot com slash F-I-X-O-V-E-N-A-C. You can see more pictures of Carlos's signs in a written version of the story also on Glass Tire. Thanks for listening, and go see some art. Or some signs.